Hello and welcome to our podcast to accompany our editorial on viewing disability, which will be published in the March 2023 edition of Developmental Medicine and Child Urology. So first some quick introductions. I'm Anna Basu. I'm a clinical senior lecturer at Newcastle University and a consultant child neurologist at the Great North Children's Hospital in Newcastle. So, Bola? I am Bola Joko Olusoya, a developmental pediatrician, and I have worked in the area of child disability and hearing loss for a long time. From Nigeria. <laughs> And Kathleen. Hi, I'm Kathleen Thrill in New York. I'm an associate professor of biochemical medicine and I study the neurophysiology of CT. And Mayna. I'm Mayna Halders Algraan and I'm a professor emeritus of developmental neurology at the University Medical Center in Groningen, the Netherlands. So we're going to talk about quite a difficult and uncomfortable issue, which is how people with disability are viewed and treated across the world still now in the 21st century. And the reason why we want to talk about it is so that we can use this information to try and help children who have a disability if we don't raise awareness of these issues, then they don't get addressed. And I'm really privileged to have these three expert colleagues with me to talk through some of these issues. And briefly, I just want to acknowledge that the concept of disability is not a single one or a fixed one or a straightforward one. So the ICF model describes it as the outcome of the interaction between impairment, environmental personal factors, and it's in evidenced by limitations in activity and restriction in participation. And then you have social models of disability, which view it more as the product of a disabling society. And in both models, the degree to which someone is limited by a condition can be influenced by the environment around them. And that includes how people are treated by other people and how people view and conceptualize disability is important because it affects how they behave towards people with disability. So we need to think about how to change this in a positive way. So I'm going to hand over first to Bola to talk about the global scale of this problem. Yes, thank you, Anna, for that um, lovely introduction. Mm -hmm. uh, contrary to UNICEF's pledge to prioritize disadvantaged children in everything it does, Governments in many developing countries still neglect children with disabilities and their families because childhood disability is not considered an important public health issue. The reason for this neglect is attributable to the lack of convincing global and national data for policymakers on childhood disabilities compared to other health conditions in childhood. The scale of problem. Global health programs are by and large data-driven and determine how donor countries and organizations deploy their resources. In effect, children with disabilities with little or no data are unable to gain access to early intervention services. This explains the yawning gap 
in global investments and service delivery for child disability compared to child survival since 1990. A three-part solution is proposed. First is to utilize emerging data from the Global Body of Disease Study and UNICEF to provide justification for the need to invest in services to support children with disabilities as a global health priority. For example, some 53 million children under five years have disabilities and half of them are unlikely to receive primary education compared with children without disabilities. Second is to actualize sustainable development goals, which evidently provide an obvious pathway and political support to promote early intervention for children under five years with disabilities so they can benefit from inclusive education. Third is to mitigate existing threat from the lack of global leadership to promote a dedicated and truly global early detection and intervention program in developing countries for children with disabilities. Such a program is urgently needed to assist these countries to develop and provide family-centered early intervention services for children with disabilities. Over to you, Kathleen. Thank you so much, Paul. Thank you for organizing this important discussion. I come to the world of disability as a neuroscientist, but also as a person who has cerebral palsy myself. So I've seen multiple angles of how society in the U.S. views people with disabilities. When I was a kid, I was almost always the only kid with safety in my school. So I grew up kind of being outside of the world of disability, which had its own challenges of people not understanding what disability was and people making assumptions about my physical impairments, being cognitive impairments as well. And that was really, really frustrating. It, it still happens today as an adult. The greatest tool that myself and my family have found is education. When I was a kid, my parents would come to school and we'd do a hotel about their one with CP and um, how can other kids interact with me in a more positive way. And 
it always helped so much. So usually after this educational hotel, I would get bullied less, teased less. So I feel that education is a really powerful tool in overcoming the prejudices that many people with disabilities face in society, even in America. It's allegedly a very open and welcoming society. We've we've the US has had a law since nineteen ninety the Americans with Disabilities Act that requires all businesses, uh, hospitals, educational facilities to be accessible. And still, there are so many that are not. So we have a lot of work to do. And I would advise clinicians and therapists to help families advocate for these sorts of services, for these sorts of accommodations, because sadly, even nowadays, um, people with disabilities still face a lot of stigma, which makes it harder for kids growing up. If we want to make life easier and more welcoming for people with disabilities. Thank you. Thank you very much, Kathleen. Now, we formulated on the basis of the literature and our own experience, some suggestions that could facilitate changes in attitudes towards children with disabilities. And the first set of suggestions, other suggestions for children and the family. And the first issue we would like to address is the need of assistance. Children with disabilities sometimes need extra assistance. And that is not necessarily bad. The need of assistance offers an opportunity for positive interaction. But we have to take into account that we let the children themselves be in control. Children hate, and adults also, unwanted assistance. And the other thing we would like to remind you of that the nonverbal behavior has a large impact on social interaction. And we're thinking in particular of posture and positioning. So do not hesitate, we would say, to use assistive devices to create the best positioning. We also have a set of suggestions for health professionals. And here, perhaps the most important message that we would like to share is that every meeting with a health professional carries the unspoken message that there's something wrong with you, that you need to be repaired. And as soon 
As you as a person or a child with a disability have an appointment with a health professional, you really feel the patient. So therefore, we suggested you try to reduce the number of visits to a minimum. And if there is the need of a visit, we suggest that you focus on activities and participation and not on impairments. The third set of suggestions for the educational professionals and Kathleen addressed that already, but we suggest that educators really can foster change by modeling inclusive behaviors and positive attitudes. And like Kathleen suggested, we recommend delivery of education about disability by persons with lived experience. The fourth set of suggestions are suggestions for society. Society really needs to educate people about unconscious bias and sensitivity to persons with disabilities. And that can be done, for instance, at school or at work. And of course, society has still lots of work to do in terms of accessibility. And you may think, what are these ladies buzzing about? Is it really a problem, these attitudes and this accessibility? And here we answer with a firm, yes, it really is a problem. And I first realized how much the attitude and accessibility affect daily life of a person with a disability when I started to use the wheelchair and that is about 25 years ago and that is really embarrassing I think because I had been working already for many years in the area of childhood disability but I first got aware of the large impact of the environment on the life of a person with a disability when I was in the wheelchair, I really realized that the effect and the ubiquity of environmental hurdles really affected life. And of course, also that of the often very paternalizing behavior of other people. So we really hope that our paper will facilitate changes in the right direction. Thank you very much for your attention.